Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome to the show, and uh, happy, well, whatever day it is. Uh, Carson, in our case, it's Thursday, and um, wow, just big, big things going on in Oakland, uh, and with A's fans to get to. Yes, absolutely. Um, what's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Um, first and foremost, I'd like to uh, start off start off the show by uh, apologizing to all of you for our lack of a new episode on Monday. Um, I was up north for my niece's uh, graduation party uh, and ended up coming down with a quite severe case of heat exhaustion. Um, so that is why we didn't have a new episode on Monday. But uh, my goodness, if I'm if I'm an Oakland A's fan, I am very hot right now in general. Um, and I will have a lot more to say on that in my one last thing this this episode around. Yeah, um, big big things going on in Oakland uh, with A's fans and and elsewhere. So uh, yeah, we're gonna get into all of that. Um, yes, so he's back, he's healthy, uh, and I think I I think I speak for all life all our fans, Carson, when I say welcome back and that uh sunday recording day just wasn't quite the same so um i know our fans missed having an episode monday and i know i missed recording an episode sunday so um i i mean not to get you know whatever but uh sundays and thursdays are pretty much my favorite days of the week um because this is this is just a really good this is a really good, really fun escape from uh, from real life, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, that's what we hope it is for, for all of you for guys, everybody. too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well said. Um, yeah, but for me anyways, yeah, this is just kind of a, you know, I'm like, oh, it's Sunday or oh, it's Thursday. You know, I get excited, get to just, you know, sit here and sit here and talk baseball for, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. So, um, anyways, uh, let's get to our, so we did, uh, we didn't do an episode Monday, obviously, but we did do a trivia question. So, um, if you're wondering, um, we did do this, we still went through the, with the trivia question, still picked winners. Um, so you definitely should have by now gotten, your uh $25 printed dudes gift card delivered right to your inbox um and also the i posted the winners uh the winners got put are posted on our twitter page uh at nathan and claude just just a little bit of housekeeping there but this episode's trivia question and this one just this one i guess uh this one I guess stumped you guys. I felt like I felt like they were getting a little too easy there. So uh I thought I'd give you guys a challenge. And yeah, this one this one slipped a lot of you guys in. Uh so we asked you how many teams have won back to back World Series championships? Uh is it A three, B fourteen, C six, or D nine? Um I didn't know this. 
before Carson, and I'm wondering whether you do. I do believe that the answer is indeed B, 14 teams winning back-to-back World Series championships. Wait, did you seriously know that off the top of your head? Oh, absolutely not. I did some research on it. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, oh, all right. Um, Yes, it is 14 teams, which that strikes me as a bit, that strikes me as, I don't know, is it? Is it a low number because of how many World Series have been played? And it also strikes me as a high number because of how, I mean, let's be honest, it's really freaking hard to win one World Series, never mind to win it in back-to-back seasons. And that goes, I think, for all sports in general. Is it's, oh, it's, yeah. very, it's very hard to win back-to-back championships. So, honestly, I'm, I actually thought that this was a high number. I thought it would have been a little bit lower. Um, yeah. If if you had asked me before I had actually did a little bit of digging on it, I would have probably said, I probably would have said six, just because yeah. I feel like it's it's something that could be that that doesn't happen a lot. So honestly, 14, I feel like is actually a pretty, pretty high pretty number. High. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have, uh, I mean, had I not known, you know, had I not had advanced knowledge of the answer, um, I yeah, six is good. Uh, I might have gone with, I might have gone with nine. But um, so in any case, uh, out of all of you who answered, which uh, give yourself give yourselves a round of applause or a pat on the back or whatever uh, for your participation in these trivia questions, it's been off the charts. So, uh, but of, out of all of you that answered, only Jeremy from Alaska. Dina from Delaware and Eddie from Florida. Uh, you guys were our only winners. Carson, only three people got this right, which is mind blowing. Yeah, kudos to kudos to you guys on your on your knowledge. Um, right? For for sure, that's that's one I definitely would have wouldn't have known off of the top of my head. So, um, well well deserved printer dudes gift cards. Hopefully, have already made your way made their yes. way as AJ said to your inbox. Uh, yes, I've been, <laughs> I'm getting much better at getting those out, uh, you know, s- sooner as basically as soon as the, as soon as the trivia question closes. So, um, yeah, obviously really freaking hard to win a world series. So let's, let's detour for just a brief second here, Carson. And let's talk about of the four major sports championships. Um, emphasis on major sports championships, NBA, NHL, uh, MLB, and, and NFL. Um, the most, the most difficult, uh, of the four major sports championships to win, uh, in your opinion would be. I've said this for as long as I can remember Stanley cup. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. No, I, yeah, the, there's just, I don't know whether it's because of, I, I don't know what it is, but the Stanley cup playoffs will one, uh, they're the best playoffs, um, in all of pro sports. Yes. Even better than, I mean, not, not to take away from baseball, the MLB playoffs, obviously. And I mean, the world series, there's nothing like the world series, but 
Um, yeah, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best postseason tournament in major sports. And yeah, there is there is just something about the Stanley Cup that makes it. It just seems like such a grueling, like. I, it's it's just yeah it it definitely for some reason it seems so so much harder to win than the others yeah i mean long has it been heralded that the path to the stanley cup is one of the toughest in sports um, and i still believe that to this day for sure why do you think that is do you think it's because hockey is so i mean not that the other sports aren't physically demanding but do you think it's because hockey is just so physically so much more physically demanding than maybe some of the other some of the other sports? I think so. I think just the the physical demand, the fact that, you know, it's an 82 game season like basketball is, but the the physical demand of hockey I think is a lot greater than mm. than basketball. The the fact that the fact that you know, you've you've still got a lot of, you know, a lot of good teams in your way to get to the Stanley Cup. It's hard enough to win it once, which makes the the Detroit dynasty from the early 90s so 90s. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember those Red Wings teams well. Uh, anyways, just to that just this this question got me just got me thinking about that. Um, yeah, I would put Stanley Cup as the most difficult. Um, I think I think you gotta I think we gotta give some consideration to the Super Bowl um, because let's. We haven't seen a lot of back-to-back Super Bowl winners other than my Patriots um, over the years either. So I think I would go Stanley Cup, Super Bowl. God, is is the World Series really? Oh, man. I hate to say the World Series is the easiest because it's not easy, but I almost feel like the World Series is the easiest of the, of the four major sports champions. Does that sound ridiculous to anyone else? Yeah, that sounds crazy when you say it out loud. It does. It really does, but I don't know, man. Um anyways, yeah, this 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 trivia question just got me to thinking about that. So, um anyways, now that we've completely detoured, let's come back to baseball. So, we have Carson, we have some belated shout-outs to get to that we didn't get to uh last time. Um uh, one Andrew McCutcheon has joined the 2000 hit club. Jose Ramirez hit his 200 career home run. You Darvish hit, uh, has reached 100 career wins. Um, but maybe my favorite out of these, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, Ellie De La Cruz hit his first career home run. Yeah, absolutely. Huge accomplishments all the way around for everybody. Um, Ellie De La Cruz hitting his first home run, first of plenty, I'm sure, in a Reds uniform. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, Andrew McCutcheon hitting 2,000 hits is awesome. The fact that he was able to do it in Pittsburgh is yeah. also awesome. Um, Jose Ramirez, 200 home runs. Again, there's plenty more coming down the pipe there. Um, yeah. And you Darvish hitting 100 career, career wins is an awesome feat, for sure. McCutcheon, 2,000 hits. Um. For me, anyways, uh, that makes his case for Cooperstown a lot more, much more solid. 
Yeah, still, still for me, it's a no for for Kutch for Cooperstown. So he's on the. So, uh, in case any of you guys missed it, a few episodes ago, we had this whole sort of debate about, you know, current players, ones that are definitely in, ones that might that are kind of on the fence, and ones that are on the outside. So, for you, Kutch is on the outside of that, in that third column. Yeah, he's he's still on the outside looking in for me. Fair enough. Um, if he leads the Pirates to the postseason and and maybe beyond, uh, does that does that make his case a little? Does that at least put him in that middle column of you know has a has a shot? It'll it'll certainly help that that case. It'll it, I would consider putting him in the maybe column. Yeah, um, and also his two thousand hits got me to thinking, uh, kind of wondering about sort of where he falls in terms of you know all time great Pirates players, which I think is a little tricky. That's a bit of a sticky wicket because he spent all those you know he spent some time away from the Pirates. He hasn't played his whole career in Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, all-time great Pirates. I think I've got, you know, I mean, Roberto Clemente, obviously, and and Bill Mazeroski. But I think despite spending all that time away from Pittsburgh, I think Koch has got to at least be – he's got to be in the in the conversation of, of all-time great uh, – all-time greats to wear a Pirates uniform. Oh yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, one of the greatest pirates of at least my generation, for sure. Yeah, which, sorry, pirates fans, is not saying much considering the recent history of this team. But um, things are things are definitely um, things are definitely getting better there in Pittsburgh. So uh, yeah, and then Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, you said it first of. Many, many, many home runs. Uh, that kid is, that kid's got, he's got something special. He's going to be a superstar. Um, now would be a good time, ladies and gentlemen, to buy your stock in Ellie Day or Cruz. I mean, I know I am. So, uh, all right. A's fans. Um, hopefully there are some of you at least listening as much as we've kind of picked on your team. But, um I don't know. I, I I just I have a whole new respect for A's fans, Carson. So they they basically they showed out. They showed out. They showed up. Over twenty seven thousand of them packed into the Oakland Coliseum for a sort of reverse boycott because after news broke that Nevada had passed uh, a bill to build a stadium in Vegas for the A's, um, I I'm just. I was just blown away by this um, and really I don't I don't think I can pick on A's fans anymore uh, after this. No, a a very powerful, very chilling showing uh, yeah. in many, many cases by A's fans. Um, I will have a lot more to say on this <laughs> in my one last thing from um, from the comments made by uh, clown of the year. Uh, our lovely commissioner, Mr. Rob uh, Manfred, yeah. but, um, yeah. but yeah, 
huge shout out to all the A's fans. Um, we've been saying it from the very beginning. We pick on A's fans, but we know that they are diehard fans. They have yep. followed this team through some bad times. And the fact that this is one of the worst and now it appears that the team is on its way out is just, it's so sad. Yeah. Uh, A's fans, you all deserve nothing but uh, nothing but props and the utmost respect. Um, yeah, I you guys are you guys are die hard, and um, so uh, yeah, twenty seven thousand fans, over twenty seven thousand at the Oakland Coliseum for this thing. Um, they had a silent sort of protest during the fifth inning uh, to mark. Uh, in honor of the team's 55 years in Oakland. Um, 7,000 of them at least wore T-shirts with just simply the word sell on them as a direct message to their greedy pig of an owner, uh, Mr. Fisher. Um, And this, this though, Carson, this might be my favorite part of this. Uh, The T-shirts were paid for uh, by $39,000 in in community donations and made by uh, a company called Oakland ish, uh, a local clothing company Um, by far. I mean, the whole, the the whole thing is just, the whole thing is just so, so awesome and so impressive. But this, this part about the t-shirts, this is my favorite part because I think this maybe more than any other part of this shows that it's not just, you know, I mean, obviously, it's A's fans, but it's not just A's fans. It's the entire community of Oakland uh, that's sort of has unified over this thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like even even Bryce Harper said he doesn't want the A's to go to Vegas. Nope, nope, I'm not. I'm going to save it for the one last thing. (laughs) I'm going to save it. But there is so much of this situation that is so sad, but at the same time, so incredibly infuriating yeah i yeah i mean i I couldn't have said it better um yeah uh i well i mean i don't want to i don't want to go too far into my thoughts on this because i don't want to spoil your one last thing but um this is just yeah this is I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about this whole situation other than the fact that, you know, good on, you know, serious props, good, good on you people of Oakland for, for banding together. And, uh, you know, Carson, I think really, really fighting, you know, because one of the, one of the arguments, uh, one of the sort of, you know, counterpoints made by, uh, A's ownership was, you know, oh, well, the fans aren't showing up. Well, one, you know, you haven't put a decent, even remotely competitive team on the field in, in years, uh, you know, at least in a few years. And two, oh, well, the A's fans aren't showing up. And this, this right here, this is A's fans basically like, oh, really? You don't think we care about our team? Well, you know, take a look at this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like like you said, the the main argument for the team moving is because oh, there's no fans there. Well, I wouldn't go to these games if my star player was Brent Rooker, 
No offense right. to Brent Rooker. We featured him on nope. player positivity for a reason a few weeks ago. He's killing it. But yep. that is not who your star player should be. And your payroll should not be not be less than like the four teams above you combined still. Yeah, pretty pathetic. Um, yeah, I mean, that's been the big. Uh, so I was just doing some real quick research. Last time the A's made the playoffs, Carson, was 2019, which, you know, because of COVID and whatever, seems a lot longer ago than a few years. But um, the last time, you know, that was the last time they made the playoffs. Haven't won the World Series since 1989. Uh, of course, we had the, you know, we had all the, the money ball years in the early 2000s when they were winning the ALS every year, but they never, you know, never really got passed from that. So, I mean, yeah, I'd be, I'd be frustrated as a fan too. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that was the biggest, well, you know, there's no fan support. Guess what? There's fan support. And I don't know, man, I don't know about you, but if I had, if I were able to, I would have been right there at the open call scene the other night with us fans wearing one of the damn shirts. Um, and letting letting John Fisher know exactly what we think. Yeah, and I'd uh, show him a couple of uh, my favorite birds too. If he was ever <laughs> the two finger salute. Yeah. Um, now this just sucks all around. It sucks for A's fans. Um, having never, I mean, I don't think either either one of us have ever experienced our, you know, one of our teams, uh, you know, losing, losing one of our home teams. So, um, you know, I, I can't, I don't know. I, I can't say that I, Oh, I can't, I can't tell A's fans, Carson, that I know how they feel because I've never, thankfully knock on wood, I've never experienced this. The closest thing I've ever come to, Losing a team was when uh, Bob Kraft threatened to move the Patriots to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, that's um, first of all, yikes. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't say I've I mean, the only team I mean, I've seen relocation, but I'm going to be honest, I I've totally didn't even realize that the team had relocated till maybe a year ago. And that was the Minnesota Swarm. Oh, um, yeah. NLL. Yep. Yep. But. You know, I don't think we've ever really, at least in my lifetime, I wasn't around when no. the when the star when the North Stars moved. But um, oh, Norm, yeah, Norm Green will continue to, and <laughs> I was raised to, I was raised yeah. to loathe the name Norm Green, but I wasn't yeah. around when that had happened. Oh man, I forgot about the North Stars. Yeah, um, yeah, no, lucky you that you weren't around for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, the closest I've ever come was uh, when when Bob Kraft was, you know, threatening to move the Patriots to Connecticut. Um, I mean, there was talk about St. Louis back then, too. But um, anyways, yeah, I so A's fans, I, I I empathize with you. I can't I don't know. I can't. Oh, yeah, I know how you feel. So um, but it just sucks. Um, all right, let's let's take a break. We're gonna talk more. We're gonna talk more Oakland drama, um, and an absolutely badass move that uh, I think is long overdue. So, 
uh, yeah, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch, and we'll be right back. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Um, so we're, we're, we're talking more Oakland drama. Um, but this is, I actually came across this story by accident while I was reading about the A's fans reverse, uh, reverse boycott. So two California lawmakers have introduced, and you can't, you can't make this stuff up. They introduced a bill called the Moneyball Act, um, as if that's not a giant middle finger to John Fisher. Um, basically, this thing says it would require any ro- any relocating professional baseball team. Um, well, yeah, I'll just read this and then and then we can talk more about it, I guess. Um, would require require any relocating professional baseball team to pay no less than the state local and or tribal taxes uh from the 10 years before basically the preceding 10 years leading up to the relocation um man this is just such a badass move uh by the california legislature yeah um huh I wonder why it's called the Moneyball Act. Interesting. Where did they ever get that name? It's a great name (laughs) for a bill. It would also make it is. I mean, it would make a great name too for a movie with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill in (laughs) it. But no, yeah, this is this is awesome. Um, I mean, it's it's certainly something that is going to make you know because obviously this bill is you know, a, a giant middle finger to A's ownership, obviously. Yep. But, you know, if if there were any, for whatever reason, any any teams in California that were considering relocation, uh, if this thing gets any steam to it, you, you might be you might be reconsidering that down the road. Um, by the way, everybody, if you haven't read the book Moneyball uh, that they based the movie on, uh, well, I mean, do yourself a favor, read the book and watch the movie. Um, the author of the book is coming. In, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. Um, Michael Lewis. Yeah, that's his name. So, yeah, Michael Lewis wrote the book um, in 2003, the year after the famous 2002 Moneyball season. Um, and then, of course, they turned it into, movie, into the movie with Brad Pitt. But, yeah, seriously, you cannot call yourself you cannot call yourself a baseball fan unless you've read Moneyball. So, uh, I'm not really. I'm kidding. But, seriously, it's a great book and a great movie. Anyways, yeah, back to the Moneyball Act. Um, yeah, I mean, Carson, I, I, this is, I would, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think I, I would go one step further with this thing, and I would say any professional sports franchise, period, 
um, because, you know, if if you've got a if you're dealing with a pro team like the A's, uh, you know, whose owner is more whose owner is more worried about lining their pockets, even though they don't need any more freaking money because they're all billionaires several times over in most cases. Um, if you've got an owner who's more worried about lining their pockets than than the impact of relocating a team, then the, the impact of reloc- that relocation has not only on the fans, but kind of like we were talking about in the last segment about, you know, it's not just A's fans that are together, it's the entire community. Um, relocating a team has a really severe impact on an entire community and and surrounding areas. Yeah, it's oh, re- relocation itself is something that does not just affect the fans; it affects, no. um, you know, it it affects there. There's a lot of income for local businesses. Uh, yep. There's a lot of income, you know, obviously the, the fans bring a lot of income in terms of ticket sales and merchandise yep. inside of the stadium that can help contribute to a city's economy. It's just, you know, and these are, this is the lawmakers fighting back saying, all right, we've seen how this saga has gone. We don't want to make another saga like this. Yeah. They've seen, they've seen this happen to other places. I mean, right in their own state of California, they saw the, they saw the, I mean, the the Raiders, uh, for one, um, who went from L.A. to, who went from Oakland to L.A. back to Oakland and then to Vegas. Uh, the San Diego Chargers, um, who are now the L.A. Chargers. Um, they saw that the, you know, the original L.A. Rams moved to St. Louis. California is no stranger to this thing. Um but I would go, I don't, man, I would, yeah, I, I seriously, I would go one step further and I would, I would make it all professional franchises because it's really, it really kind of sucks that this didn't happen before the, before the Chargers moved out of San Diego. Oh, the Chargers moving out of San Diego was a heartbreaker too. I mean, yep. that, that real, that saga was handled just as badly by Spanos, who by the way is another awful person. Um, it, that was a whole, that was a whole disaster too. And you know, the Rams was one when they moved from St. Louis back out to LA and there, there are a bunch of, bunch of different examples of why this could be a trend that we see in potential other States as well. Yeah. I hope others, you know, not to turn this into a Sunday morning political talk show for a second, but not only what I not only do I want to see other states do do sim, I mean, assuming this this works, which I don't really see any reason why. I mean, I know there will be a resistance to this. Um. Okay, AJ, don't 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 go off on a political tangent. Um. Uh, no, but seriously, I would love to see. I really, really, really want to see more states do other states pass similar legislation. And I'd even go one step further. This should be something that's on a national level because you talked about the impact it has on the community. You talked about the impact it has on fans. Another key factor is is jobs. Um, Carson, I don't think people realize how many jobs a professional sports franchise generates in a community. And if that franchise moves, 
then guess what? All those people are to work. Yeah. And again, like you said, not to necessarily make this a political tangent. Welcome to, uh, in, in case you're just joining us, welcome <laughs> to Face the Nation. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, this is this is certainly something that that different states could potentially take and make their own. Um, yep. But you know, I I don't think that this is this is the end of legislation like this being at least introduced. I hope not. I hope this becomes a trend because. Man, I, I feel like I'm about to do my one last thing because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reaching under my desk and I'm bringing out the soapbox. But seriously, like this is I hope this becomes a trend because. um, And this is way this kind of this kind of thing is this this sort of pushback is long, long overdue because, I mean, we talked about it. We talked about the Chargers. We talked about the Rams. Um, you know, I mean, we could we could spend all afternoon rattling off a list of sports franchises that have relocated and left, you know, their, um, you know, left their their previous communities in the dust, sort of. Um, but this this kind of thing is long overdue. It's a it is about damn time that communities stand up and be like, stand up to these greedy friggin pig billionaire a-holes yeah the the owners have had way too much power in sports for a long time and yep. um this is this is simply the this is simply lawmakers saying all right let's let's remind you who's truly in charge here yeah enough's enough yeah i, I mean okay granted there have been instances where you know we're not saying all sports owners, all sports franchise owners are like that. There are, there are franchise owners who are pretty damn loyal. Um, the, 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 the Kroenke family comes to mind. I mean, here living here in the Denver area, um, they have, they own the avalanche, they own the nuggets. Um, they own the, the Colorado mammoth, the, the lacrosse team, but, um, the Kroenke's are, are fantastic owners. Um, so not all sports owners are bad and there have been cases where teams have relocated for you know um valid reasons i guess but um not just the relocation cards like you're talking you know meant talking about sports owners having too much power what about all the times that owners <coughs> dean spanos held cities basically held cities hostage because they didn't want to spend any of their billions to build a new freaking stadium or arena. The the amount of times that that's happened in my lifetime alone is a number yep. that should be a lot lower than what it is. Yep. It's been a lot. It happens all too often. Um, to kind of circle back to the A's, the similar thing just... The state of Nevada shot down the... Uh, the initial bill for funding for a stadium for the A's in Vegas because, surprise, surprise, John Fisher didn't want to pony up anything. Um, I mean, the whole taxpayer-funded stadium thing, that's another debate for another time in another place. But um, anyways, good on California. Um, bear with me one second, everybody. I... 
forgot to look up the names of the I just wanted to get a little more info on this thing. Um, so just a little more clarity. The the two lawmakers who have introduced this bill, uh, Carson, are both from the Oakland area. So hmm. um, you know, this isn't um this isn't this isn't, you know, this isn't people from LA trying to, you know, stick their nose in Oakland's business. Um but, 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 let's see. Uh, yeah, Representative Barbara Lee of Oakland and Representative Mark Desaunier of Concord, which are both in the East Bay area of Oakland, um, are the ones who introduced this this bill to the California legislature. So uh, shout out to both of you. Uh, and if you either one of you ever happen to be in Colorado, uh, I will be more than happy to buy you a drink because uh, you guys rock um and i i carson i think we'll both be following this thing uh you know pretty closely as it unfolds yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting thing to watch and keep an eye on that's for sure yeah so um yeah that concludes the uh meet the press portion of uh the eighth inning shots today um anyways no, I mean, seriously, all joking aside, sometimes, I mean, we've said it, we've said it before, sometimes life happens. Well, sometimes sports and, you know, intersect with things that are bigger than sports, in this case, politics. Um, and I don't know, man, I, I feel like, and I'm, I'm sure I'm fairly certain you feel the same that this kind of stuff, like what we've just been talking about with this, um, our fans don't won't get this on any other on never mind baseball podcast any other sports podcast period yeah no um i we we talk about things that maybe wouldn't get talked about wouldn't get any notoriety otherwise that's that's what you get with yep. the eighth inning stretch absolutely in fact i can confirm that because yesterday when i was uh you know reading all the stuff I, I did a quick perusal of the, I won't mention names, uh, of some of the more well-known sports podcasts on Spotify, and not a single one of them had anything to say about this Moneyball Act. Hmm. How about so there that? There you go. Um, that's because they're beholden to corporations who are like no 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 you can't talk about that well guess what we're not beholden to any corporations it's just us so we could talk about whatever the hell we want uh we could do a cooking segment if we wanted um anyways uh let's let's move on to something maybe a little bit lighter well it's definitely part of this is lighter uh diamondbacks and phillies carson jt real muto aka one of the best damn catchers in all of baseball hit for the cycle. First time a Phillies player has done it in a very long time. Um, but overshadowed a little bit, overshadowed a little bit, little, little dust up, little things, things heating up in the desert, uh, a bit. Um, Diamondbacks, uh, superstar Corbin Carroll was hit twice by Phillies pitchers during this game by, pitches that were 
Well, not just a bit outside, just a bit inside, I guess. Uh, to which, D-backs manager Tori Lavillo, <clears throat> manager of the year, um, took exception, understandably, uh, argued with the Empire and Real Muto. Um, so kind of kind of overshadowed. Uh, well, one, does the dust-up between Lavillo and the ump and Rimuto overshadow Rimuto cycle? Honestly, I don't think so. I mean, you know, it's a, a dust-up is part of the game, you know. Right. I, I don't think, you know, a feat, a feat like the cycle is yeah. something that is, it's going to be very hard to try and overshadow that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that one because it's so rare. Um, it happens so rarely; it's so hard to do. Um, and and two, uh, I don't know if you actually saw this incident, but um, I mean, I I'm I am one hundred and ten percent on on Tori Lavulo's side in this because hit a guy once, okay, maybe an accident. Hit a guy twice. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not so much. Yeah, some, something didn't really add up there for, for me, but, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely, definitely interesting, uh, for sure. But at the end of the day, this is about JT Real Mudo and the fact that he hit the, for the cycle. cycle. Are you kidding me? The cycle, like that's incredible. Yeah, um, I think it was the, jeez, it was like the first time since 2004 that a Phillies player had hit for the cycle, which is which is crazy in and of itself. Um, sorry, a little more real time research for you, ladies and gentlemen. Brought to you by Meet the Press. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, uh, Carson, would you care to hazard a guess on how many players, how many times a player has hit for the cycle in Major League Baseball history? Wow, this would make a really good trivia question, but. Oh, goodness. Um, I feel like it's rare, but the question is, how rare is it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I'll say, I don't know, 20. Uh, 342. Oh, okay. So maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit less rare than, yeah, I probably, that was probably a little bit low. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're actually it's funny that you said that because you're actually pretty close on. So there's hitting for the cycle, which is, of course, hitting a, you know, single, double, triple home run in all in one game, obviously. But then there is what's called the natural cycle, which is collecting the hits in order, which means single, double, triple home run in order in each of your, you know, four at bats um, that that has only been done 14 times in modern MLB history, which is roughly from like 1900 on, uh, 14 times. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Also, we're just gonna we're gonna say that that's what I meant when I guess twenty. Uh, try and save some right. space for myself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we'll just edit that part out. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, fourteen times in in a hundred plus years. That's, um, and in fact, the last player to do it. Wow, this is even crazier. The last player to hit for a natural cycle. Uh, was Gary Matthews Jr. of the Texas Rangers, who did it in 2006. Whew, that is a very long time ago. So, in other words, we've gone longer, we've gone a longer stretch of time uh, between natural cycles than we have perfect games. That's crazy. That's absolutely so, crazy. Hitting for a natural cycle apparently is even rarer than, I mean, well, I wouldn't say hitting for the cycle is nat- necessarily harder than pitching a perfect game because pitching a perfect game is pretty damn hard. Hasn't been done since 2012, since King Felix did it. Um, I don't know, man, though. I, I Hitting for a cycle in and of itself, hitting for a cycle is really freaking hard, and obviously hitting for a natural cycle is even harder. That might be the hardest. I don't know. That might be the hardest individual feat, at least for a for an offensive player. Yeah, I'd say that that's fair. Um, it's it's definitely something that isn't isn't easy. That's for sure. I mean, when you think about it, you know, having to get. I mean, that's just uh, that's just kind of mind blowing. Um, anyway, so. Yes, huge shout out to GT, GT, JT Real Muto uh, for hitting for the cycle. Um, seriously, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Um, one of one of my favorite players. So, uh, all right, let's take our last break. When we come back, we're gonna play some buy or sell. And boy, boy, oh boy, do we have some doozies for you folks in buy or sell. Um, and uh, and we held. We ha- because we like you guys so much, we held over your mailbag questions that were going to be in Monday's episode to this episode. So um, you're listening to the 8th inning stretch, and we'll be right back. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Uh, hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, into our third and final segment, and that means it's time for everybody's favorite part. Uh, it's time to play some buy or sell, and I sort of teased you guys before the break and told you that we have some doozies because, ooh-wee, do we ever. Uh, all right, let's dive. Let's just dive right into these. These are going to be fun. Um, so Lance McCullers of the Astros, Astros pitcher, is undergoing uh, season-ending surgery. Um, so he is done for the year. So Carson, buy or sell, the McCullers injury is the end of the Astros repeat chances. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell. I don't think it's necessarily the nail in the coffin. Um, but it's definitely, it's definitely concerning, especially knowing all of the pitching health issues that the Astros have been undergoing. Um, yep. so I'll, I'll say, I'll say I'm cautiously selling 
because I don't think the nail is in the coffin yet, but uh, the Undertaker is carving that coffin. <laughs> um, no, right now the Astros are having the Marty McFly moment, looking at the picture and seeing themselves slowly vanish. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I am buying this. Um, it's just. You know, we we talk about it all the time. We talk about the next man up. And, you know, when somebody goes down with an injury, you know, the, the guy behind them steps up and, and you know, does their best to take that spot. But uh, I think that gets to a, that. I think that only carries you so far. And I think it gets to a point where the injuries are just there's too many injuries mounting up, um, especially when you think about the. uh you know, the Astros pitching, I mean, not, not to say nothing of, of the Jordan Alvarez injury. That's a whole other ball wax. Um, but when you think about the Astros pitching, even just their starting rotation, you lost Justin Verlander. Uh, McCullers done for the season. Uh, Garcia done for the season. Garcia had Tommy John surgery. And we know that's, you know, that can sometimes be the sort of the death knell for, for a pitcher career. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just too much. I think the Astros have hit their, you know, sort of their, uh, you know, kind of hit their limit. Like, yeah, it'll be certainly interesting to interesting to see. I mean, again, these younger pitchers that they've had to kind of start bringing up from the minors are going to have to really step up their game for sure. Yeah. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see that that's for sure. I think we can, we might disagree on whether or not losing the colors is, you know, sort of the last nail in the coffin. But uh, I do think one thing we can agree on is, you know, at the risk of speaking of, of stating the obvious, um it would be a ridiculous it's going to be ridiculously hard for the astros to get back to where they were last year um you know even if this isn't the last nail in the coffin for them to for them to even get back to the world series at this point is is a very tall order especially given uh the i mean the texas rangers are playing like a house on fire the angels are creeping back into that race watch out um i just it's i i just think it's i just i just think it's a bridge too far yeah it'll be that that division will certainly be fun to watch that's for sure i mean who to thunk that i mean we've 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 been disappointed by the angels before so i'm not going to get my hopes up too much but um the angels are creeping they're only two games behind the astros now so uh, yeah, tough, tough going down there in Houston. Um, all right. Well, it's no, it's no, it's no secret that the Mets have struggled this season. Um, the Mets have not, not even remotely played up to their potential. Uh, they're four games under 500. They're 10 games behind the first place, first place Braves in the NL East. Uh, so Carson Byersell that Mets manager Buck Showalter will be fired by the end of the season before the end of the season. I'm sorry. I, I think I'd be, I'll buy this. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he was, uh, the, the Mets 
are one of those teams where you know there's there's too much talent there for yeah. for things to go this haywire. Um, and I know that they've they've had some some consistency issues and some injury stuff going on of their own, but um, yeah. yeah, something's got to give here. I wouldn't be surprised if Showalter was was fired. So I'll buy. Yeah, I'm buying this too. Um, as much as I I'm a I'm a big Buck Showalter fan from uh from way back. He's always been one of my favorite you know sort of baseball figures and managers. Yeah, I gotta buy this. Um. You mentioned too much talent, uh, but also something to take into consideration. The Mets front office has spent way too much money. Uh, their payroll is ridiculous. Uh, their payroll is way out of whack compared to their performance on the field this year. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's not even it's not even remotely close in terms of the amount of talent on the team versus what they're doing as far as a tr- as far as. Um, as far as where the, what their record shows that they are, yeah, no comparison. Yeah, they um, yeah, it just it sucks. It sucks that the manager is usually the you know the manager is usually the first to go when things go wrong like this. But um, yeah, I, I yeah, it just this kind of sucks. But um, I mean it is what it is. So um, all right. So in case. In case you've been living under a rock for the last couple of weeks, the Oklahoma uh, Sooners softball team. Uh, talk about, I mean, just, I, I don't even, I'm I'm hard-pressed to even come up with an adjective that describes uh, what they did. Well, I mean, I'll just, uh, they finished the season 61-1, uh, uh, 18-0 in conference play. Um just blasted their way through the through the women's college world series um i have never admittedly i'm not a you know i don't uh my my knowledge of of college softball and even college baseball for that matter is pretty pretty limited um but what what i have watched carson i have never seen a team baseball or softball this good um so buy or sell the oklahoma softball team could beat a major league baseball team i'm talking one game sell i mean (laughs) come on i mean all all due credit to the oklahoma softball team what they've what they've managed to do is incredible but come on i sell (laughs) um you know what? Screw it. I'm I'm buying this. I one game, one game, not a series, one game. Um you know, I'm not I, I'm not going to, you know, go totally crazy and say, "Oh yeah, they could beat the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers or, you know, one of the one of the powerhouses." But an MLB team, a sort of a mid-level MLB team, um i could totally see it um you know if they if they played them you know if they played an mlb 10 times yeah they'd probably lose nine but um no i yeah um why the why not why the hell not uh crazier things have happened you know people said the same thing about 
disclaimer, everybody, I'm not comparing these two things. People said the same thing about the, the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. Oh, there's no way they'll ever beat the Soviets. Well, we all know how that turned out. Uh, all right, last but not least. Oh, hitting a little close to home for you here, Carson. Uh, Carlos Correa, his struggles this, this season have been well documented. Uh, hit a huge walk-off homer uh, the other night against the Brewers. Uh, so, by Rosero, Carlos Correa's walk-off homer is the spark he needs to get back on track. Bye. Absolutely, 100% bye. I love what I've been seeing from Carlos Correa. Finally, the car- true Carlos Correa has showed up. Thank God almighty for that. It makes me very happy. Um, he's been starting to starting to hit, hit a little bit better. The, the offense has started to, to look a little bit better as time's gone on. And I'm very excited, um, because they're heating up at just the right time. Bye. I mean, I really, I didn't actually think you would sell this. Um, but no, you're, I mean, you're spot on about Correa. He seems to have turned things around. He's definitely been, you know, he's been hitting, uh, you know, like like he did when he played in Houston. Um, and, you know, after everything, he sort of, with all the injuries and everything, they had, had to overcome and the just crazy, ridiculous offseason that he had. You know, oh, he's signing with this team. Oh, no, just kidding. No, he's signing with this team. Oh, look, he's back in Minnesota. No, good for Carlos Correa. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm buying this. Um, hitting a big... Hitting a walk-off homer uh, in a in a in a you know important uh, an important game is pretty much always just what the doctor ordered for a struggling player. So um, yeah, good for good for Carlos Correa. Uh, all right, into the mailbag we go. Uh, again, I mentioned before the break that we sort of just held these over. These are the ones that we're going to uh, feature in Monday's episode, so we held them over for you guys. Um, because we're nice like that. Uh, first up, Drew from Florida. Uh, what do you guys think the chances are for the Rays to keep up their pace? I mean, I'd still say pretty high, but I'd say that the the chances that um, that the pace could also start to falter are also getting higher. I mean, this is a ridiculous pace that they've kept. Um, but sooner, sooner or later, I think, uh, the, the baseball gods are going to, going to strike and I'm afraid that they may strike mightily on the Tampa Bay Rays. So I'd, I'd say there's still a pretty good chance that they can keep that pace up, but I'd also say the, the chances of it slowly starting to, uh, slowly starting to change are getting increasingly ever more present. Um, I'll go one step further and I'll say the chances of the Rays keeping up this pace are slim to none and slim just left town. Uh, I've, I can't say that I've, as a, as a baseball fan, have I enjoyed watching the Rays this year? Yes. As a Red Sox fan, absolutely freaking not. Um, the Rays have pretty much had their way, uh, with the, you know, they've kind of ruled the ALE so far. Um, but, you know, there's, I mean, we've said it a bunch of times how, how tough that division is, top to bottom. Um, 
I mean, I still think the Rays are they're they're still going to make the playoffs. They might end up winning the NL East. They're they're definitely still going to make the playoffs. They're a a team that no team is going to want to face come October. But yeah, I think especially now, you know, we're into June, we're we're getting into the dog days of summer. This is when uh, you know, typically slash historically teams sort of that got off to a hot start, you know, they sort of come back down to earth a little bit and they and I think the Rays will be one of them. But um I mean they're still a really freaking good team and um you know I don't something would have to go horribly wrong for them to, you know, fall apart. But and I just don't see that happening. Uh all right, JD from Pennsylvania wants to know, Carson, who's your all time favorite hitter to watch? All-time favorite hitter, probably, and this might be a little bit of a homer pick, but I always loved watching Joe Maurer at the plate. Um, he was always, one. he was, you know, because the one thing with Joe Maurer is no matter where that first pitch was, he was looking at it. It didn't matter if it was right down the middle or if yep. it was four feet off the plate. He will, he will always look at the first pitch. Um, which is why I got comparisons to Joe Maurer when I was growing up playing baseball, because I would look, do the exact same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I loved watching Joe Maurer at the plate. That is not, uh, that is definitely not a terrible comparison that wow. Um, to be compared to Joe Maurer. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joe Maurer was a great hitter. Uh, I hated, hated every time. The Red Sox had to play the Twins when Joe Meyer was still there. Um, I I thought about going I thought about going with a homer pick, uh, but then I I did a little more thinking and did a little more reflection. Uh, my all time favorite hitter to watch, uh, Carson was the one and only Ken Griffey Jr. Um, for anyone who. For any of you who you know never had the chance to act, you know to see him play live and or in person, um, I I do yourself a favor and just go look up on YouTube Ken Griffey Jr.'s highlights uh, because there was not during that era there was not a more electrifying, exciting, uh, and dangerous hitter, um, just period. So. Um, oh, we lost Carson there for a second, but it looks like he's coming back. Hey, there he is. Carson, can you hear me? Um, apologies, everybody. Give me one sec while, while we try to figure this out. Uh, hey, everybody, we're back. Um, apologies for the technical difficulties. It wouldn't be an episode of the eighth inning stretch without our recording software uh, playing tricks on us. But Carson, as we like to say, it's still better than Skype. Amen to that. Goodness <laughs> gracious. That should be Podcastle's new tagline. Podcastle, still better than Skype. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so we're in the midst of our mailbag. We're talking about all-time favorite hitter. I was talking about Kevin Griffey Jr. Carson, I don't know how much of my little spiel about King Griffey Jr. you caught. I caught a, I caught a good, good amount good of, it, of it. And okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly at that, during that era, there was no more electrifying or dangerous hitter 
um, uh, than, than Griffey Jr. And to this day, I maintain, had Ken Griffey Jr. been on the Mariners in 2001 when they had their 116-win season, uh, that Mariners team would have not only beat the Yankees, but they would have won the, the whole damn thing. So, uh, anyways. Uh, Jocelyn from Texas wants to know, Carson, do you think we'll ever see another MLB player play another sport professionally? I'm assuming she's referring to players like Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. Honestly, I think those days are probably behind us. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen Kyler Murray also play for the Oakland Athletics and the Arizona ah. Cardinals, but nice. um, we, we nearly had that happen, but he decided to, to go yeah. for the, the money that came with the, the Cardinals instead. Another, another pain for poor Oakland, Oakland A's <laughs> fans who drafted right. him with the ninth overall pick, let's not forget, AJ, in the draft. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, as much as I would love to see, you know, uh we we talked about this i don't know a few episodes back i guess we talked about you know what what athlete what player from another sport do you think i mean as much as i would love to see patrick mahomes uh swing a bat um you know or any other number of i mean there are definitely some mov players who could play other sports too uh yeah i think just you know with um with all the sort of advances in in you know uh i don't know if i would call them advances but all the you know load management and um yeah i i just when 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 guys like bo jackson and and you know and Deion sanders did it it was it was a lot easier for players to do that kind of thing back then there were fewer rules fewer restrictions fewer um you know just Fewer obstacles in general, um, which kind of sucks because I really, really, really want to see Patrick Mahomes play baseball. Damn it! Yeah, boy, boy, oh boy, would that be great? Oh my goodness! I mean, I I don't even know. I don't I don't even know what position he could he could be a DH, I suppose. But I mean, now batting for the Kansas City Royals, Patrick Mahomes. Are you kidding? Um, yeah, sign me up. Um, every seat in Coffin Stadium would be full for that. All right. Uh, and last but not least in our mailbag, uh, Jake from California wants to know, Carson, who's been the executive of the year so far? You know, I really like this, like this question for a few different reasons. Not, yeah, you not like a whole the front lot of office stuff. Oh, I love the front office stuff. Yeah. And you know who don't who doesn't get a whole lot of who doesn't get a whole lot of credit in in baseball? The front office guys, the GMs, the yeah. the just the the front office executives in in general. Um yep. But, you know, it's um it's really hard to say cuz there are there are a couple of couple of front office groups that I would like to um, that I would like to give a give a massive shout out to, but um, I think with without a shadow of a doubt, it has to be the front office of the Texas Rangers. Mm. I mean, the, the these guys, not to mention AJ, this this front office did not look the same just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Chris Young yep. had gotten fired. 
Uh, they they shook up the entire front office because they knew that they needed to try and do something, anything different than what they were doing right now. Or, excuse me, Chris Young was the GM who had been hired. My apologies to Chris Young for for misbreaking news of your firing. Um, but, yeah, he's done an incredible job to put together this core, bringing guys into Texas, bringing Bruce... Bruce Bochy in to manage this team. Uh, so Chris Young for me easily right now is the executive of the year. Yeah, I, I think there's the Rangers. Uh, obviously, you can go in that direction. The Pirates, the Orioles. Um, but to the surprise of nobody, uh, I'm going with the front office led by uh, Mike Hazen out there in Arizona uh, of the Diamondbacks because... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll spare you guys. I'm not going to go off on another uh, thing about how awesome the Diamondbacks are because hopefully by now you've all had a chance to watch this team and go, oh, yeah, they they are really good. Uh, no, seriously, though, the front office in Arizona has done an unbelievable job. Uh, Zach Gallen, Corbin Carroll, uh, you know, putting together, you know, putting together a a team that is uh you know first place and and looking every bit dangerous um i gotta i gotta tip my cap to the diamondbacks front office yeah absolutely and uh to the surprise of no one aj picks the diamondbacks in other (laughs) words in in other news water is wet ladies and gentlemen uh but yes they've done an incredible job and this just in the sky is blue um (laughs) Seriously, though, yeah, I, I think it really speaks to, um, I think it really speaks to kind of sort of the direction. I, I don't know what, but the fact that we can sit here and and just off the top of our heads rattle off three, four, five front offices who have done a spectacular job uh, coming into this year and, and, and into this year, um, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's absolutely inc- incredible what they have done out in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, you've got Arizona. You mentioned the Rangers, uh, the Pirates, the Orioles. Um, so, the Rays, because we all know the Rays don't get enough love. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Um, all right, must-watch games. Uh, a couple that jump out at me on the schedule. Um, Yankees, Red Sox, obviously. I mean, that's uh, Blue Jays, Rangers. That's going to be a good series. Um, but the one, I think, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to pick. Um, Rays, Padres, I think, um, could be really good. And then, of course, Carson, we've got the classic uh rivalry that dates all the way back to their days in new york uh we've got the uh the new york giants and the brooklyn oh no no wait i'm sorry the san francisco giants and the la dodgers uh (laughs) getting together at uh at dodger stadium yeah a big a big series too with huge ml west implications as well uh going on in that one I gotta tell you, AJ, there there are slim pickings for for a tankathon series for this episode. There is there are not a whole lot of series where I look at it and kind of make a make a face like I've eaten a giant thing of warheads. But 
<laughs> if I have to pick, I can't. I believe mean, I'm... you could make this the first episode in eighth inning stretch history, at least since the fourth episode when you uh, came on board without a tankathon. You could. I could, but I'd be I'd be robbing the fans. <laughs> So as much as this, you know, taking a look at it, there is one series that sticks out with a team with quite a bad record, and the other team is technically below 500. Mm. I can't believe I'm about to say this, and my my co-host may kill me for this one. We're heading out to T-Mobile Park for the Mariners and the White Sox for the Tankathon. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, the Mariners have definitely been a disappointment. You know what? That is the disappointment series of the, of the whatever, because both of those teams have been massive disappointments this year, the White Sox and the Mariners, uh, so far. Um, but I, you know, I guess, you know. It was very close between that and the Cardinals and the Mets, but. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that to Cardinals fans again because it's going to come off as being me being salty again. Jeez, who'd have thunk the Cardinals and Mets would be a clunker of a series? Um, nobody. Um, another another thing that just jumped out at me on the schedule that I realized we got the Phillies in the the Phillies playing the Athletics in a matchup of the team formerly known as the Philadelphia Athletics against the team currently known as the Philadelphia Phillies. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, that'll certainly, that'll definitely be a fun one for sure. You know, from a sort of purely nerdy baseball his, historical point of view, that's kind of cool. Um, you know, I guess kind of like when the Nationals, uh, yeah, when the Nationals play the Twins, you know, the watch the former Washington Senators. Um, anyways, uh, all right, into into our one last thing. Uh, buckle up, everybody, because Carson Carson has a rant. Or would you prefer me to go first? I'll I'll to let you. you have I'll let you have the floor first. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, because mine is my I mine is definitely a little more lighthearted. Um. I feel like. Um, yeah, just a, just a, you know, no, no big drama, just a really cool thing that a really cool event that, uh, major league baseball is planning for next year. Um, the giants and the Cardinals, uh, are going to play one game next year, um, at Rickwood field in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, and the reason that is significant is because Rickwood field uh, was formerly the home of the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro Leagues, uh, who a certain famous giant named Willie Mays played for uh, back in his Negro Leagues days. Uh, in fact, the Giants were specifically chosen to play that game at Rickwood Field because of Willie Mays and his connection to there, um, as it you know being a stadium that he uh, that he played in. It was you know the home team of his. Uh, the home stadium of his team um and unfortunately the other two the other stadiums that willie mays played at um are are both long since gone i mean obviously the uh stadium in new york there so 
Um, and I just, one, it's a really cool moment for Willie Mays because, you know, if anyone deserves, uh, if anyone is deserving of a moment like this, uh, it's Willie Mays. Um, I mean, I don't really think I need to elaborate on Willie Mays' career or his accomplishments. Uh, and two, I think it's really cool because, you know, as a, as a, as exciting as it is to, uh, you know, and and fun to and as fun as it is to be excited about the future of Major League Baseball, um, with all these you know up and coming young stars and and young superstars that have already established themselves, um, it's also, to me at least, equally important that we don't forget to that we remember to celebrate baseball's history and its heritage and having doing stuff like this like playing a game one at a stadium uh that willie mays played at and two a stadium that was part of the negro leagues which is a vitally important part of baseball history and heritage um it's just it's it's just it's just really cool um and i'm and i i applaud baseball for this uh major league baseball for for planning this and applaud the giants and the cardinals and uh i'd i'd really i'd love to see more of this kind of thing yeah well said and i think you're absolutely right it's important for us to not only look to our to the future of baseball but um, especially with the Negro Leagues, it's also important to remember the history and how much they had to overcome in order to get to the point where we're at today. Yep. And now for something completely different. Um, <laughs> you, as, as those of you who are regular listeners of the show know, I wanted to try and spread some positivity with my one last thing by doing the player positivity series. But somehow stupid old rob manfred even managed to ruin that for me for a week so here we are um for for those of you who may not be aware uh the the i hate to even use this word with this man commissioner of baseball uh fielded questions from reporters um and one of the big things that came up obviously was the athletics relocation as well as the reverse boycott NJ, I don't know if you've seen this quote, but it is a quote that got me very upset because it sounded like it was coming from the sorest loser on the planet. When asked about the reverse boycott, our illustrious commissioner said, um, and I quote from uh, Evan Drellich of Where Else the Athletic, it was great. It's great to see what is this year almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in the facility for one night. That's a great thing. And I have never agreed with Jeff Passan more when he tweeted in response to this. This is the sort of comment one might expect from at Rob M39592013533 on Twitter, not the commissioner of Major League Baseball. It's so incredibly childish that the man can't recognize the fact that the Oakland fans are not the problem with the athletics. And then he goes on to try and blame the city, which the city came out with a statement from the mayor basically saying that everything he said is a load of lies. Surprise, surprise. 
I'm so shocked that Rob Manfred lied to the public. It, it's just so frustrating that, you know, he, in, in trying to give a compliment, he backhanded slaps the A's, the A's fans. Oh, it's nice to see them all have an almost average attendance for a night. Which, by the way, AJ, in the article, the, as the article goes on to say, uh, the average attendance for games per baseball reference has been 27,202 fans in 2023. Mm. At the reverse boycott, there were 27,759 people. That's a more than average amount of people at the Oakland Athletics game. And the... and. The, the most frustrating thing about this, and I don't know why it frustrates me, because newsflash, everybody, no matter what sport, the commissioner will always take the side of the owners, and he will spit in the face of all of us fans. It's not just Manfred, it's Goodell, it's, it's Bettman, and, you know, as much as, as much as I like to like Adam Silver, at the end of the day, commissioners are there at the pleasure of the owners. And as long as and as long as the owners keep paying his salary, Manfred is going to side with the owners, even though, God, I hope he realizes how wrong they are. But I don't even think he is because all he sees is dollar signs in front of his head because, ooh, we could see a, we could see a franchise get relocated to Vegas. Imagine yeah. all of the money. Bryce Harper grew up in Vegas, and he doesn't even want the A's to go to Vegas. He even said, they'll always be Oakland to me, not Vegas. And that's coming from one of the most famous baseball players to come out of Las Vegas being his hometown. It's just, it's mind-blowing to me how the, com you know, like I said, newsflash, everybody, the commissioner will always side with the owners. And it's an, another example of Rob Manfred from here in my lowly apartment in Minnesota. I get the two-finger <laughs> salute, sir. My apologies, everybody, but I'm so worked up about this. Fuck you, Rob Manfred. <laughs> yes. Drop that F-bomb. Um, I'm sorry, Spotify, because now we're going to get the explicit mark on this episode. Uh, it'll be fine. It's only one. We don't we do not do it often. Um, yeah, that is... <laughs> I, I did not see that quote. The only part I saw was that he was where he said, uh, you know, that he was sorry for A's fans, but there was no deal and there was no offers uh, or no deals to be made or something like that to keep the team in Oakland, which is, um, you know, which is bullshit. Um, you know, as you were talking, I was I was listening and I was when you when you were talking about, you know, all he sees is a team in Vegas. Is this situation not eerily similar to the to the Raiders being relocated to Vegas? Didn't Roger Goodell basically do the exact same freaking thing? Oh, it's it's eerily similar. I mean, the except the the Raiders were actually not a horrible team. Like the the ownership didn't That's exactly, true. you know, Mark Davis is nowhere near the greatest owner of all time, but he wasn't no. actively running this team into the ground. Like ground. they had some That's solid true. pieces. Yeah. And he, Mark Davis did do basically everything he could to try to keep the team in Oakland. So yeah, I guess it's a little different in that aspect, but. <sighs> um, 
that is a that's a really good point you made about the owners. Um, I think sometimes people forget that. I mean, I'm guilty of that. But, you know, the owners, for the most part, it used to be it used. I mean, not owners, commissioners. It used to be there. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I there was a time where the commissioners uh, of the four major sports were were. I wouldn't say completely in favor of the fans, but they were definitely more in favor of the fans. Um, Bud Selig, for one, uh, I know he gets a lot of hate, um, but Bud Selig was a damn good commissioner. Um, David Stern, another one. Uh, but uh, anyways, I, I don't want to get too far off track. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't. I don't know what else there is to say about this, you know, as if the as if the situation as if it as if this this whole thing wasn't already shitty enough for the for A's fans and for Oakland uh, in as a whole. Um, I just feel like Manfred is just pouring salt in their wound at this point. Yeah, I just it's a childish remark from a childish man. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it's not like, it's not like the A's are, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about the Oakland A's here who, I don't know how, you know, how many of you are familiar with the team's history, but you know, they've been in Oakland for 55 years, but before that, uh, they have a history that stretches all the way back to Philadelphia, uh, and, I mean, they were Philadelphia, then in Kansas City, and then Oakland. Um, but they have a long, rich history. Um, you know, we're not talking about... I'm sorry, I'm going to... Apologies. Uh, but, Carson, we're not talking about the Atlanta Thrashers here, you know? Um, or the Phoenix, or the Phoenix, Arizona, whatever they are this week, Coyotes, you know? We're talking about a team with a long, rich history with a rabid fan base, a fan base who just proved how diehard and rabid and devoted they are to their team. And for Manfred to just, you know, basically just brush it off like, oh, well, sucks to be you. Um, I, you know, if, I know we've talked about it before about, you know, who ranks where in terms of worst commissioners, but um. Manfred just moved up, you know, a notch for me. Yeah, I just... Ugh, so frustrating. He got me yeah. to drop the F-bomb. Yeah, way to go, Rob. Um, by the way, if you happen to be listening, which I doubt, because you're not cool enough, but if you happen to be listening, um, feel free to reach out to us, and we would love... We would love to have you on the show and talk about this. Um, and I promise you there will be lots there. <laughs> there would be many more F-bombs. Uh, let's just put it that way. Um, now, nah, this is the, the whole thing just sucks. Um, and I just I'm. I think you and I, Carson, I think are kind of in the same like we're 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 pissed off at manfred we're 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 angry with manfred we're angry with a's ownership 
and at the same time, completely and utterly heartbroken for A's fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, again, like we've we've said it over and over on the show. We we pick on A's fans a lot, but we do. You guys, genuinely, I I admire your loyalty and just the loyalty of Oakland sports and fans in general. I admire yep. the heck out of your guys' loyalty to your teams and your ability to try and stick with them as much as you can. But like this situation has showed, you can only stick with a team for so long before you realize that the owners are literally just taking that support and basically shaking your hand while giving you the bird behind their back, yeah. behind their back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Oakland fans have really been through it. They lost the Raiders. Uh, they lost the Warriors. Although, I mean, ah, no, never mind. I was gonna make a joke about. Uh, I was gonna make a joke about Warriors fans, but I'll I'll be nice. Um, Raiders fans, Raiders, Raiders, Raiders fans, you're 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 a little crazy. You're a little out there, but you're loyal as hell. So, um. Yeah, man, it just sucks to be an Oakland sports fan right now. Um, yeah, I don't know, just sucks. Uh, just a just a crappy situation all around. Um, anyways, though, however, uh, as much as we would like to, you know, and we could just just keep talking about this, um, obviously, and. Something tells me I have the oddest feeling that this isn't the end of this. Um, this is the end of this, of all this. Um, so I'm sure we'll be talking about it more, you know, as it sort of unfolds, especially the, you know, between all the drama with the A's and the ownership and uh, the the thing that the uh, Moneyball Act, the aptly named Moneyball Act that is working its way through the California legislature and what that's going to mean for baseball and for sports in general. Um, but no matter what happens, uh, we'll be here as always for you guys. Um, uh, feel free to, as always, you know, reach out to us, um, send us your mailback questions, your feedback, whatever else about the show, uh, at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at EighthInningPod. Don't forget to turn on notifications. Just go up to the top there and click the little bell. Um, so you make sure, uh, to make sure you get all the latest from us. Um, oh, and for all of you listening on Spotify, um, I don't know if you guys are, I don't know how many of you have noticed, but Spotify added this really cool feature that on, so not on our like main Spotify page, uh, but when you like click on an individual episode at the bottom, there's a little thing. It's basically um spotify added it and it it's it says something like you know tell us what you thought about this episode or something like that um you know once you're done listening or while you're listening you know just take take a second and and fill that out um because i feel like that could be a really um that could just sort of enhance your experience for one and two help us with uh you know getting even more of your guys feedback so um, and if the messages you leave us there are, you know, something funny or, or something, you know, whatever, um, who knows, maybe we'll, you know, 
read those on the on the air. That would be kind of cool. Um, kind of like back in the day when radio stations used to have a you could call into the radio station and leave like a, a voice recording. So, um, yeah, wow, I'm really aging myself. Um, and oh, and uh, of course, as always, don't forget to check out our awesome, awesome sponsors over at Printer Dudes. Um, they are your one-stop shop on the interwebs for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, and save 10% off at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's printerdudes, D-O-O-D-S. Uh, and that, my friend, is a wrap for yet another episode. We're inching closer to 75. We are that much closer and remember, you guys, send in whatever topics you want us to discuss for the 75th episode. That's how we're going to celebrate with you guys. Um, really excited to see what topics you guys come up with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, keep keep sending those to us and uh, and we'll, you know, sort of we'll pick the best ones. Um, that's it for now. Uh, everybody have an awesome weekend uh, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.